What's up everybody and welcome to another awesome podcast and that to the first podcast of the new year right so i'm going to introduce these guys in what's oy, up guys oi rok oi rok Okay. I'm the host here. Yeah, you're the host. <laughs> Sorry, I had. I mean, I have to. How else will I tell you? I'll let you know that you know your mic is unmuted and you can say whatever you want to say. Uh, fine. Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, the first podcast of the new year, and we have finally come back together. And joining me on the panel is Aman. Thank you for gracing your presence finally, Arnab. Eh, what's up? Has survived 2017 as is still with us. We are still mixed. I, we still have mixed I, emotions I, about that. I have mixed emotions about that. <laughs> And Ratul Rats Ratti Ratti in the game today. Hi, I'm playing Abzu, but I'm also going to be taking part in the panel because you know I like podcasts and stuff. I like talking. Okay, so New Year. How did you guys celebrate your New Year exactly? I mean. Same old. I got wasted. <laughs> Straight to the point. I got oh, wasted. We, we, we know what Aman kept typing on the chat, so we know what he. <laughs> I, 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 I drank, I drank an obnoxious amount of coffee and ate a very weird amount of chocolate. That's it. I think I was the only one who had a normal New Year spending time with family. Yeah, I was making drinks and yeah. I was just drinking. It was pretty chilled out for me. <laughs> Oh, underwear on the stage from the terrace. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody threw an underwear on your somebody's performance in your place, right? What? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna actually yeah. share that. I was like wondering, what the hell is, did that actually happen? That's so trippy. And the fun part was he was the one who was the person who threw the underwear from the terrace below on the stage was the only person who was not drinking or doing anything. <laughs> oh wow! Why did he do that then? He's just insane. Wow, okay. okay, so um, before you guys go ahead, Nikhil SK has commented, and he says, "Whoa, Malu." Hey, that's no that. That's for me. Because <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that, but I'm yeah, I, I'm just saying, "What's up, SK? How's it going?" <laughs> wow, SK is watching our stream now. Shit, we are really making a wave now. Noise. <laughs> Peeps are taking us seriously now. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they stick around. So 2018 is following what is probably one of the greatest years of gaming. 2017 was shit for many reasons but in terms of gaming we can all agree that it was one of the best, right? Yeah, 2017 it was. was shit because of one game and one game only. Player unknown's battleground. That game should have not released. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I was probably going somewhere else. I thought you were going to say Star Wars Battlefront 2, but okay, there were a lot of shit games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of shit games. There's no one even talking about uh Destiny 2. Destiny 2, yes. We yeah. are going to talk about Destiny 2. We are going to talk about oh, Destiny 2. Oh, just wait, just about. wait. Like I I'm I am waiting to like spill my guts out about Destiny 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get to that, but before that, 2018, what are your most anticipated games for this? So, so yeah, you guys go I'm ahead. I'll give my choices in the end. I'm gonna go first. So this time I will probably go and say something very blasphemous. I might save up for a PS4 this year and wait for Red Dead. That's <laughs> 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 that's excitement right there. World shaking. How did this happen? No, Red Dead Redemption. I just want to play. I just want to see all the what is all the hype. I want to first play the original game because I still haven't played it, and then I will immediately play the second part. Okay, so it's not going to be Death Stranding. 
Yeah, so I'm Anthem. I dude, I I am biggest BioWare fan that I know, and even I am very spe- skeptical about that game. I I uh, it's, yeah, it's after, very, after, like, after simply after, because uh, EA, right? Yeah, because <laughs> no, simply EA. simply because like their track record with the recent game, whatever game they have released, True, yeah. what, even the microtransactions or anything. It's just like, a gameplay, the the story, yeah. animation. <laughs> Like you know uh, where so, I'm going no, towards. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying the story and the and I'm saying the animation. Okay, not the animation. <laughs> the gameplay part of both the both the latest release of BioWare has has been perfect. Like from a gameplay standpoint, I can totally get behind that. Like and Andromeda, as bad as the game was, the entire package was bad. Not denying that, but the gameplay was fine. Again. Inquisition. See, Andromeda, Andromeda. I actually liked the starting, but it uh, like it felt very obvious as you crossed mid-game that okay, now they're just milking it. They didn't like they. I don't know. They just stopped. Uh, you could, they stopped putting you effort could, into it. They stopped yeah. putting effort into the story. Was, and... uh, EA's hands handprints were all over that, which sucks because yeah. BioWare is so talented and. Such a good studio. See, here's and, the thing. I don't uh, like if you want to talk about BioWare making quality games in the recent years. I think we should talk about the Trespasser and uh, oh, Descent DLC. You know, because the, that's, the reason, that's the one reason why I'm. Re- I'm sorry to like interrupt you there, but I really wanted you struck a very important point where Trespasser DLC was is the reason why I'm so interested for Dragon Age Four because yeah, exactly. the creators of that. Uh, uh, Patrick Leakes, who wrote the story, and everybody involved, other people who are taking it forward to Dragon Age Four. And if anybody so, has stuck around for Trespassers DLC, it puts have, what I, is, I think one of the best villains in video yes, game history. Yes. 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 Yeah. That, okay. I, okay that, I haven't I'm played thinking, that, so I have no comment on that. I have. Like. I have played the uh, base game of Dragon Age Inquisition. I liked it as much as I hated it. I hated it simply because I saw. A lot of potential. A very unmemorable game is what I say. I can, I yeah, have no strong feelings about that game. The base game is the base game is very, very, very unmemorable. Like it's but the but the best parts were how the world building was done, how the gameplay was done, how the dragons moved, and how you had to kill them, right? Even yeah, the dragons, powers and everything. The dragons were actually like dragons, like Bethesda. Please, if you're 
watching our podcast. Yeah, it was your dragons. Your your dragons suck. <laughs> no, but yeah, straight uh, up suck. Uh, my my but biggest problem. Please learn from Bioware and make good. Oh dragons. my god, everyone gets yeah. it. Uh, also, uh, Arnab, your mic is kind of off. It's makes you sound like a robotish. Aman, you were saying something. I I have no emotions. I am a robot. <laughs> Aman, you were saying something. Yeah, Aman was saying something. Yeah, so- I played the base game of Dragon Age Inquisition. One of my biggest problems was after playing the first game was how memorable the entire end boss. Even though it was a fucking dragon who never spoke, basically. Are you talking about Logan or are you talking about the dragon, Archdemon? I'm talking about the Archdemon. Yeah, like the, the, okay. he was a fun fight. Like, I am talking. It's not just about the fight. How they built up, basically. Oh yeah, the true. Yeah, the hype, really the hype, and the build up, and everything. Yeah, but Dragon Age Inquisition, the villain was always one step behind you. After giving that badass dialogue at the starting, you're pretty much ahead of him. More, like, yeah, all the exactly. Guys the end. Exactly. Right. And then it turns into Uncharted. Uncharted <laughs> it just straight up turns into Uncharted. <laughs> and and yeah, for the for the final fight, I think if you can like you know, there's one part of the gameplay which I didn't like is that. If you can Okay okay wait, wait, I'll have to like interrupt you guys because we've gone way off tangent from the the comment that he said he said he yeah. talked about anthem anthem yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wanted and to again, say again, was uh, again again Aman, hold on hold on hold on he he pointed out Sunny is commenting in the chat he makes a very good point is that uh, the writer of Kotor and Mass Effect 1 and 2 he is actually writing the story and the narrative of Yeah, I'm very well aware of that. I'm very well aware of that. But then we also have to be aware of who has the major influence into that and why Anthem even exists. I mean, it's clearly uh, it seems like a response to Destiny as much as I hate mm, to say. No, this no, is not something. No, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. I will actually disagree. It doesn't seem exactly. very much like. Yeah, it doesn't it, seem very it, Destiny-ish. It's it it is what Andromeda should have been, in my opinion. I'm going is... to say I'm even going to go on to say that it's something like I think they're trying to create the next world of Warcraft. But it's that's but a, is Anthem ever that's, that's a that's a very long that's a big stretch you're talking. No because everything that I heard about Anthem paralleled with everything that even Destiny creators said in their long through the whole 10 year cycle that they want to see a game go through all the Features that they wanted to add sounded very similar to what Bungie kept saying about their game. That's the parallels that I keep seeing. Yeah, but here's the thing. Bungie said that De- Bungie. I think people misunderstood Bungie when they said like they were going to implement a 10-year cycle for Destiny. I think they were talking uh, about Destiny as an IP, not just Destiny One, because that is why we still have the atrocious. Quit game called Destiny too. Like it serves no purpose. We will get back to that. Soon, 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 soon. Okay, Aman, uh, you were talking something about the exploration aspects in the the game you were saying. Yeah, ancient so, city. Ancient city. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what we are expecting for the next year? Like, Aman is expecting for art the RTS game Ancient City. Ancient cities. Then there's like a lot of. Uh, Early access games coming out. Uh, the Colonist is something I have seen. Oh yeah, Aman, you've told me about this. Yeah, yeah, if you see the art style for the Colonist, you'll love it. Yeah. And also seems uh, something that is very inspired from a recent game that I played, but it was small, called uh, Kingdoms and Castles. And oh, oh yeah. 
I mean, there's and then Jurassic World Evolution. I'll get to hear more about Age of Empires 4. Like, it's just so much, so many games coming out this year. There is course. a lot of stuff to be done. Yeah, if, uh, if, if you're gonna talk about, that's why I'm uh, very excited because uh, if you see the last three years in four years, not a lot of good strategy games came out. Yeah, the last. Triple A strategy game that came out and didn't even perform that well actually was Dawn of War three. Yeah, then, that yeah. that game was even when I I played it, it was it felt disappointing playing that game. Like it was good in the story, like the intro part, but then I don't know, it just like you know strategy games have that one thing which keeps you held on. Like you want to just stay stick with that game for a long time, but it's just that you know Dawn of War did not have that. Yeah, but like a recent game did have that. Uh, Spell Force. Oh yeah, that's I, a game I have to try I, out. I went towards the ending. The problem with Spellforce is that it seems a little imbalanced, and there are a lot of bugs in the game. Like a lot of bugs in the game, progression halting bugs in the game. Oh, okay. So, I coming to me. I have basically my eyes on three really big games. The first one, without if anybody who knows me well knows how big a Spider-Man fan I am, and how much I've been craving for a good Spider-Man game. And well, it is the it is, it is the Marvel Spider-Man game that I'm really really, really for. I, I think we, this year we will also uh, get the release of the Avengers project. That uh, who is making? A very yeah. interesting thing Spain. happened. With, yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Happened. Uh, a lot of news has circulated with those things. Uh, the guys at Crystal Dynamics, the person who was working on the who had worked on the Rise of the Tomb Raider. Uh, from the design point, has just moved on and become the design director for the Spider-Man game, and the person, uh, one of the design directors of Naughty Dog, I'm not sure if it was design director, has moved on to Crystal Dynamics to work on the Avengers game. So a lot of things have been happening there. And nice. yeah, and the person who's uh, just joined the Spider-Man team has said that he's finished the game three times in the past few days. And all of those have lasted uh, quite a few handful of days, so the game is supposed to be huge. And oh wow! I'm just super excited. So for this game. a lot of content. I don't know. Listen, I, I, this these all uh, these things seem like a very extravagant rumors to me. Uh, no, dude, that's that's pretty much the design director speaking. It it's coming from the mouth. It's it's pretty authentic as far as I would take. And they were saying they were going to make New York feel as realized as possible. And It pretty much, from all the impressions that people got from the close demos that they kept doing for the Spider-Man game, it seems to be very close up to that. The second game I wanted to talk about was Sea of Thieves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thieves. that's yeah. that's something I'm waiting to play because um, I think like that's a perfect streaming game and that's also a perfect game for like uh, yeah, it's and, a good you know, like it's a good co-op game. It's a good it co-op game. It's been something. Uh, it's all. Uh, it's very exciting for me, particularly because I want to see how this game also performs in cafes in India. Yeah, like a group of friends pillaging loot. You know, open yeah, yeah. world exploration. I, I, I think uh, I I want to experiment and see uh, like uh, utilize this game for cafes in Kolkata, for example, and I want to see what what happens because we tried uh, doing a lot of uh, for honor. Events last year, like uh, we did, like a small league. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw some of those events, like the two v twos, one v ones, three v threes. It was all two v two, one v one, and uh, it was all two v two basically, most of them, right? 
and we did an entire league around it and we had like around total of eight nine tournaments but we grew a very very strong foreigner uh, crowd so i want to see if that crowd uh, for we can form it for another game and then sustain it as well so yeah i'm very excited right. for uh, same here see if the- and then the third kind one of tried the same thing with fortnite but kind of didn't uh, no, the forward. the main thing about Fortnite is it's not available in India and it's forty dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, and they just went sort of free, like one. Uh, if you don't have the game, you can play just the Battlegrounds edition of it. Yeah. Free of cost. But not many is, people would yeah. enjoy the Battlegrounds edition of it. Yeah, uh, if you're just making it semi-free, and they plan to go completely free around um, this year, sometime this year. So. I just wondered if they just released free of course they might have actually gotten more out of it I don't know they might still be a hit but Fortnite is definitely a game yeah, to watch out for this year Yep and now Udit's third game like Udit was actually Yeah uh so the third game I was talking about was Monster uh, I don't know much about it, but Arnab apparently is a oh. huge fan of the Monster Hunter World. Okay, World. Monster Hunter World. Yeah, about Monster Hunter World, I like. Uh, I think PS4 has had a, a total of four betas because, like, up until now, PC has had one, PS4 has had three, and then there's another beta up coming up in the, uh, I think, right before release or something like that. But the thing yeah. is. There, uh, so Monster Hunter has been released uh, in five generations, right? So there has been yes. five generations of monsters, five generations of areas to where people could play and everything. Now, it still doesn't have a mainstream thing. It has developed a cult base, though. Yeah, it's it, it's still a very cult based game, and it's because of like its limited release area. The thing is, people who are interested in these kind of games, like where you team up with four people or five people or something like that, it's kind of like a raid uh, thing. So in raids, mm-hmm. you have big bosses with big health boosts, right? With tactics and everything. Right. Monster Hunter right. is like that. Monster Hunter is basically doing a raid with your friends over and over again, so that you can make build up your gear and everything, and go on even bigger raids. Thing is, Monster Hunter brings another element of gameplay regarding the Elder Dragons. Now, these yeah. are not your conventional Elder Dragons. These can be anything. Like the el- term Elder Dragon is very vague in Monster Hunter. So you get like really cool monsters, like uh, with so there are like you know wyverns. They transform into Elder Dragons. Then there are bipedal elder dragons elder dragons which can't even fly so but still can kick ass like they're the size of mountains and all that and imagine taking on an elder dragon the size of a mountain with three of your friends and an actual size of a mountain like an actual, actual you can i mean probably not an actual size of a mountain it's not like final fantasy 15 where you just fight the behemoth but probably a chunk of a mountain like you go inside a giant fucking volcano and you fight a monster that comes out of the volcano. Wow. Okay, that's legit like, cool. <laughs> that's legit. That's cool. legit. <laughs> that's legit cool and legit scary. But here's the thing. And Another interesting part is that the world is shared. Now, what does that mean? 
previously in Monster Hunter, there used to be some monsters like Devil O and Shagaru Magala. These monsters were so so powerful and legendary that they had to be fought in phases, right? And if you escaped from them after dealing a considerable amount of damage, you would fight them in the next area or something like that. And oh, okay. they couldn't chase you around if you uh, managed to get out of their grasp. Uh, now here's the thing, since Monster Hunter World is not a shared environment, it's the same thing. Now these monsters can actually chase you around without you skipping worlds. You can't escape them. You have to fight and they're gonna and they're going to be on your ass until either you kill them or they kill you. Wow, okay. And so. a special note about Monster Hunter World's difficulty and gameplay uh, like learning curve. It's supposed to be very, very hard to learn in Monster. It's, it's very wow. hard. Monster Hunter is very hard, and there, like, imagine a game. Like, I don't, I don't want to go the whole trope I'll way. I'll do it in ten minutes. It's, it's gonna be. It's kind of like Dark Souls. When you first play it, you have no idea what's happening. You're just thrown into the game, and you are finding out different techniques and tactics, and how the different gear system works, how different gear items work, and all of. But after you figure it out, and after you figure out the weaknesses, the strengths, the resistances, and the uh, tactics, yeah, you get better. That's it. it kind of sounds like it's a very, re- very rewarding system there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a very rewarding. It's a very in- experience-based system. It, you have to invest time in it. Like it reminds me of the good old raiding days of World of Warcraft, because we had to do the same thing. Like you have to grind for your gear, you have to farm a lot of experience, and each boss has its own pattern or mechanic. Some of them are random, yeah, yeah, yeah. some of them are not. But the one new thing that actually caught my ear was that you have to kill the monster. If you try to get away from the ag- uh, monster's aggro, you know, radius, it it won't it won't respond to that. It'll just chase you throughout either ways. Yeah. So like monster hunter, like monsters in the monster hunter uh, universe, they have these. Rage modes, like of course you. These are the helpful me- mechanics we have seen in raids, right? Uh, like you fight a raid boss, you uh, with like chip away at its health, and you reach a certain level of health. Uh, the boss reaches a certain health pool uh, percentage, and it changes its patterns, like attack patterns and all of that, right? True, yeah. In Monster Hunter, it's called a raid system. So there are monsters who are normally enraged, then they go into rage mode. And then there are elder dragons who are already in the rage mode. Then they reach a heightened level of rage mode where they deal an insane amount of damage and like you know go into full like beast like quote unquote beast mode. Damn so, nice. Yeah. So that, that's and, no, you should not have fucked with me mode. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like you you done fucked up. Like I'm going to stab you and like tear your entrails out of your throat that's kind of thing and see and then there are like since it's a shared world monsters also roam around in the same world so if you're having uh, a bit of a struggle fighting a certain monster you can lure it and kind of lead it towards another monster and have the monsters fight against each other yeah and like i think fallout had that same thing right like you could mix the aggros of two monsters and make them fight against each other or something i remember reading about it yeah, and uh, but another aspect here is that you have to finish the entire sequence within a time limit. Oh, so, okay. That, that's, that's another the challenge. You yeah. You, 
yeah you can't just like you know stay idle and like you know chase uh, ch- chip away at its help for like an hour or like a day if if you like it you can't just do that you have to do it you have to do it within 30 minutes or just waste it yeah i like how it gets uh, the it promotes that aggression within through the gameplay mechanics yeah so like there there's an incentive like everything is incentivized and everything is rewarding at the end of the day so if you like chop off a tail of a monster you might get a you might just get a, a gear item for that oh okay Which, that's actually like, yeah so, so much make, depth and mechanics yeah, into you it you can you can make weapons out of these things like you can make weapons armors and all of that and the weapons are really cool some weapons have like ranged or uh, ranged uh, patterns to them some have melee patterns some have both there are hybrid weapons and all of that it's really really cool. i'm really interested but like i said not the only game i'm interested about because of course there's dark siders 3 i'm not going to talk about in this podcast because it's going to take a lot of time yeah okay then rats yeah. what are your most the top 3 games all right so see for the games coming out in 2018 I'm see like I love gaming right I've I've been playing games since I was a kid and I just love everything about a game like the soundtrack the artwork like even playing Abzu right now while talking to you guys I've some I'm not going to lie I've actually you know been lost in the beauty of Abzu but yeah coming back to the main question that you asked the top 3 games I'll start from number 3 to number 1 so my third game like the number 3 would probably be uh like Red Dead Redemption because i have never played that game before and i actually want to try it so and i've heard a lot about it about it's i think uh, the p- second part is having open world so i'm actually looking forward to that the second game that i'm looking forward to would be final fantasy 15 i'm not sure if it's coming out in 2018 though but i have yeah i think uh, final fantasy 15 is still by all accounts in development And yeah, I don't see it getting a PC release until all the things are fixed and in yeah, the console. Yeah, 2018 might happen. Yeah, but, but if yeah, it, it's a great game. I mean, if it is in 2018, I would definitely play that because I saw some gameplay footage. It looked really good, and I actually like. I mean, I just saw like some game, uh, you know, some uh, footage from Gamescom from various YouTubers and all that, and it actually looked pretty good. I, I enjoyed it, and I'm like, this is a game I would definitely enjoy. And my number one game. would okay now most of you guys would on in chat and in this podcast would ask me what the hell is wrong with you when i say this i am looking forward to dan salvatos project libertina like if you guys don't know the yeah. basically doki doki literature club which came out this year it actually surprised a lot of people right and dan he is this he is basically known for his uh, is smash melee mo- training mods such as 20xx and one more of the sort and he became like a right right go ahead right he he became like then he de- wanted to develop a game and when he brought out doki doki literature club people are wondering like dude what the hell game is this why do you make a visual novel about a dating simulator but then pe- once people hit that plot twist in the game it you know it completely changed like the whole genre like and you know that game actually spooked a lot of people and i'm not going to spoil it any further but what i will say is that the game had some secrets like if you go to the game files and mess around with it it actually does say that dan is working on a horror game for 2018 that will feature the characters from the original doki doki literature club now i'm not playing it for the girls i'm playing it for to see what that game can do like 
you you know what i'm saying right like what, what more can it do yeah what, what more, more can it do like from that like people who know about doki doki literature club and know what has happened in the game they can pro- probably like imagine like a horror game regarding these characters so oh boy yeah that would like you you've seen the front cutesy side of it now let's go to the horror side and see what's more like what's there so and i also want to see how dan kind because see this doki doki literature club also has a psychological horror element which he has portrayed it so beautifully i want to see how we can do that when it's an actual horror game that's yeah i know i know i as as finished doki doki literature myself and i've seen the game theories video on it which is crazy everybody yeah, should check out that's game very crazy when i finished it uh the the theories and all the digging that has gone up to project libertina is absolutely something i'm looking forward to but there's another two things we might have missed out in the comment was pointed but, but, out but before before we go into the next point we have like sunny is commented and regarding kingdom hearts 3 and ninokuni Revenant King. Oh, these two games, these yeah. two games. I'm le- exactly pretty excited. Pretty excited. Like I have 28, like 2018. Kingdom like, Hearts 3. I will consciously decide not to put in my excited because there is no reason I'm thinking it's coming out in 2018. I have been lied to before by Japanese developers. I will not fall for that trap. All right. Persona um, 5 was supposed to come out in um, 2013. Final Fantasy 15 was supposed to come out much earlier. The last guardian was supposed to come on much earlier. No, I will not. Machine Gear Solid, Machine Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain was supposed to be a good game. Yeah. Yeah. I am not going to buy into a I, Japanese I am, developer uh, game. Yeah, exactly. Like. like <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I've never played Kingdom Hearts the franchise. I mean, a lot of people have told me that it is like really good. As also, I think it has like a lot of cross franchise references. Yeah, it is basically the story says it came out when a. Uh, Phoenix was a executive and a Disney executive were in a lift and they both basically talked and they were like hey we should make a game together all right that's pretty cool <laughs> so yeah it has the active fighting mechanics which i think later on went on and became a thing in final fantasy 15 and it has all these uh, typical jrpg style storytelling mixed with the disney characters what is exciting now is the amount of characters that are there with disney it has marvel under it it has star wars under it it has all these different cartoons that uh, yeah, yeah i expect to see uh, darth vader suddenly show up in the kingdom yeah hearts. so yeah. the possibilities <laughs> for kingdom hearts 3 are endless as the amount of characters that could come from the properties that square enix holds which is all the jrpgs that they've made all the crazy ones to the amount of plethora of characters that are there in Disney. Yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts 3 can be something crazy. So, okay. Uh okay, let me no, hold on, hold on, hold on. before before you start that. Aman, I have a question. What do you think about Nino Kuni 2? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was going to talk about. Mhm. Nino Kuni 1, I saw the complete game over YouTube. Uh I think I followed this guy called Vintage Beef. Right. Mhm. and i uh, i love the game because of its pokemon style because of its animation because of its story because of how the gameplay was i am kind of scared for nino kuni 2 first of all the uh, the story does not seem <laughs> i don't know it doesn't seem all that i serious though because everything i seen about nino kuni 2 and all the things that people have been saying everybody says it's universally that it is an improvement over the first one 
So it does seem like an improvement in a lot of the ways, but my two biggest problems is I don't know if the story will hold to the first one, which I hold personally pretty close to my place, right? And secondly, is that they removed the Pokemon mechanic, which is that they did, yeah, they did. I felt like that was one of the best parts of Nino Guni, you know, the entire uh, okay, finally there's a Pokemon like game, and which is open world. Hey, Persona is a Pokemon like game, but we'll get to that. Persona. I don't know. Persona, yeah. man. The dance moves. Know, <laughs> whatever, whatever. But like, uh, I, it filled a void that uh, Pokemon RPG never could, right? Uh, so, okay. So when you get PS4, that's the first thing you should get. Persona 5. It's gonna fill all that void where that Nino Kuni 2 will. No, no. I actually heard there's a P- <laughs> game on PC with the same uh, mechanic, which is uh, what is called uh, Final Fantasy World. Oh yeah, the world of, Final, world Fantasy. of Final, Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Yeah, that game actually looked really cool. And and apparently it's like the it will fill up the void of every Pokemon. I've heard quite a lot of people being disappointed. I I am still curious to check it out though. Uh, Nino Two though, story wise, I'm really not concerned. Studio Ghibli has never disappointed us when it comes to storytelling. That's true. Yeah. And yeah, and the boss battles in that seem really really incredible. The design of them, uh. Yeah, Nino Kurito, I, I really have, apart from the change of the gameplay from Pokemon style to the more action style, which is something I really don't have a problem with, Nino Kuni 1 is always going to be there, there really does not seem to be any negative to that. That's really nothing. There's all positive when it comes to Nino Kuni 2, in my opinion. Hmm. Nice suit. Uh, I guess that does it for all our exciting games. There's actually a lot of exciting games to look for. Yeah, there are many more. I mean, some of them are yet to be announced. I mean, who knows? What if we get an announcement like of some epic indie-style RPG that actually... We didn't even talk about God of War. Oh, yeah. Forgot about God of War, actually. Correct. That's. Uh, have you guys heard about the rumor that God of War, like, after the release, like, after this whole... Um, North yeah, mythology, they'll take other mythology. Yeah, so, one mythology I'm pretty interested that they mentioned is the Mayans. Indian mythology, like best. Right. Yeah, I have no idea how they are going to... gods, man. Kratos killing Indian gods, how is that going to go well with the Indian? Yeah, that's, that's not going to go, go well in India. India. If you, like, okay, if you guys want to play that game, might as well, you know, make sure that you guys actually get to play it. If you guys include Indian mythology, Chances are the game is not going to whatever, be Whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, I'm expecting like three more games in the Norse mythology, then they'll go to Egyptian. I don't know. Right. I, 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 I want, I, like, more than more than Egyptian, I want the Mayans. Because interesting. More interesting than Egypt. Whatever, but, but like, let's focus uh, on what is happening right now with the God thing. So, I just uh, actually, in the morning, I saw some of the gameplay from God of War, the new one. It looks pretty right. good. Like, it looks pretty good and the storytelling seems to be like a very nice bonding session between uh, father and son and them killing uh, Norse. Bonding session I'm... involving murdering uh, Norse gods and demigods and I'll say something here. I'll be, say something blasphemous. I am not a fan of the God of War games. I mainly because I thought Kratos to be a very irritating protagonist. All the relatability he had in the first game, like I could relate with the uh, with the plot that he wanted to revenge. He just 
came across unlikable up with every installment i get that was yeah, i know because the because they portrayed kratos as a very brutal guy no yeah Not just yeah but for the general civilians also his bloodlust kind of took over him which was part of what they were going for but i re- it really did not it did not, not, did not uh, seem that way for the audience it just seemed like okay this is like this guy is an asshole he's killing other yeah. assholes right <laughs> so the the route that they've gone with this this game especially has me interested in him as character with him yeah, like yeah, yeah. trying I... to you know hold himself back from getting that rage out and the father son dynamic that they pretty much like the gameplay and style that they've sort of taken a bit from last of us and all of that seem like it's bringing a very fresh take to the character that i'm interested in exploring what do we think aman i'm sorry cut you off in midway no no it's basically the same thing so i in the morning i saw uh, some of the gameplay latest gameplays of god of war and i'm pretty interested because of the entire dynamics between father and son and i am i am very interested because it is not it is going towards territories that you will generally not see in video games which is you know uh, but like kratos has no reason to fight anymore but right he, we are basically going and i am pretty sure by the end of this like he will go his son to be a mass murderer of another religion <laughs> probably mass murderer of another religion Dude, i mean It it does not feel like unnecessary padding of uh, of a franchise, which no 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 yeah yeah it, it seems it, it seems like an actual character growth. Like if you've seen the gameplays of God of War, you will notice how like he's telling his son, "Do not take emotions or like do not have empathy for your enemies." Right, right, like, right. You know, it's very interesting how you know it's like a psychopath teaching another guy to be a psychopath. <laughs> I know, right? What the hell? I'm like, dude, you are not a good father figure. The guy uh, in the first trailer nice. tells him to kill a deer, and he says, "Now you are ready." And I'm like, ready for what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, such a. I don't know, man. In a world where uh, games like this would, uh, I feel, create controversies. Like yeah, if you remember what happened with hatred, right? Oh right. yes, that game actually got a lot of controversy because you're basically a guy with a gun killing people, and you you just hate humanity. That that, that game got controversy simply because the media wanted to create controversies. Hey, any anyone anyone remember the no Russian level from Call of? Oh yeah. I remember that yeah where you kill Ah uh, but but that that was all on the players nobody told you as a mission statement that you had to kill them you had to pull out and shoot them Yeah exactly no, whatever, like whatever. No, yeah the, that that mission was interesting because was, there was a disclaimer is that do you actually want to play this mission True correct in the beginning of the game it yeah, does if you, said, if you said yes then okay the the game would put you in the mission after that it just starts You can opt to not fire a single round until the police start firing on you, but there's that small chance that you just might start firing on the civilians before any of your uh, well, uh, PC con- like NPCs start firing. True, true. Yeah, I mean, in that particular mission, if you're talking about in terms of controversies, you don't have to necessarily fire a single shot to any of the civilians. You. Uh, except for the part where you fight the FSB in that airport, that's about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. so. Yeah, that's about it. And those God are very, of War those are very interesting missions. So God of War, do you think it has it has a meta commentary about gamers becoming dads and then influencing their children? 
I'm pretty sure we will see a similar kind of article come out from. Uh, I know, dude. That's what I'm predicting. From, from, poly, from Polygon. Yeah, Polygon. Like, that was me predicting an article from Polygon. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you heard it right here at Acid po- Fast. Polygon, if you're, if you're listening, we just, like, you know, exposed you. Yeah, put it in your schedule. Schedule your post. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 I, can, I can't, I can't wait for, I can't wait another article from, another, like, article or, like, a campaign from PETA saying, Oh my God, we're getting, is... we're getting to the controversy. We're getting to the yeah, let's like, we, like Peter right. will start uh, marching on the streets regarding gaming, you know, promoting listen, violence listen, against animals and shit like that. Next second, next second. Peter doesn't like. Uh, I don't know how many guys, have, how many of you played this game, but there was a game. Pokemon, the Pokemon one. No, Neopets. It was a web browser game. Okay. okay. Peter created controversy around that fucking game because like you get to fight your animals in that game. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I don't no, really care. They, they, they go right create right controversy. Yeah, they, they made a they made a controversy regarding uh, Black Flag, I guess. Yeah. That Black Flag, that Black Flag was promoting whaling. I'm like, how? Yeah, how yeah, though? It's just a game that's depicting like, histor- historical events. Yeah, no, 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 not even that. Like, okay, like, uh, like uh, promoting hey, whaling. How? How do you? How do you expect I'm sorry. Like, how do you expect a gamer? To buy a whaling vessel and start whaling, it doesn't work like that. But 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 Arnab, Arnab games are impressionable. Blue <laughs> causes people to commit suicide. Don't you know how dangerous? <laughs> oh my god! I think we're going a little off topic here. Yeah, we are going very off. <laughs> we're so off topic. Right? So, oh. yeah, has, has there been any, any comments on the section? Yeah, a lot. But we like again, we are talking about the. We actually are in tandem with the uh, comments, so. The command fine Now we are actually going to go and cover the news that has happened in the past like 14 days that we were inactive. Yeah, now we are going to the podcast. Now, now we are actually going to the podcast. Yeah, and, and so, I'm not kidding, It's got, it's been like I think 20 30 minutes. It's been 40 minutes, yeah. alright. So, 40 minutes. Jesus. 44, 44 minutes. minutes. Let, me start, let me start again. Welcome, people, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to podcast number 5. We are just getting started. Uh, Arnab, if you could stay silent for three minutes, let me finish this, alright? <laughs> Destiny 2. Okay. Arnab, Boy. silent for a while. Boy. Uh, has, this, has caused a little controversy with this thing called Eververse. Uh, so if you guys know uh, about this, this recent article came out with uh, an information that Destiny 2 had been rebooted uh, sometime during its development. Uh, sometime during 2016, where they figured out that they could not make enough content for the 10-year plan that they had thought out so long and hard for. Uh, and they changed directors, they changed hands, and they realized that to improve the content, they needed more money. For that, they introduced this system called Eververse, uh, which has been gaining a lot of traction, especially after Curse of Osiris released which sucked so hard but ever worse and content wise but ever worse this new microtransaction thing gained a lot of love it got 100 new items and even the dawning events which was supposed to be a gifting event and a celebrity event the ever worse got 59 new items which you could purchase and give to your friends with your own money now 
CUS Gaming is a YouTube channel which made a deep analysis on this loot boxy gambling type of thing. All right. So it says that you have this thing called. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Arnab, but this thing called what was it? Uh, engrams. Engrams. Right. Right. Engrams. Right. Engrams. Right. And you, if you buy the best package somehow, uh, each engram would eventually, by crunching some numbers, be worth one point three eight dollars. All right. And the loot box algorithm in Destiny is somewhere like you get three shaders. It's somewhere between three shaders, two trash items, and one good items. That's the algorithm with which it runs. That's what he's calculated. So if you pretty much bring that and crunch some more numbers with the brightest, so the good items gets you brightest. If I, if I'm not wrong, Arnab, which you can use to purchase more items in game. Yeah. Okay. So like I. Uh... to like you know shorten it up and like you know consolidate it and uh, play it from a player's perspective what the bright and rims do is bright and rims are basically cosmetic upgrades like you see uh, cool skins in the game for uh, exotic weapon or an exotic armor that's uh, right. where you get it from but right. thing is uh, in the bright and rim section you get one shader if you're if you're uh, really lucky you get one shader uh, one exotic item and again in the bright and room things do have their rarities like epic legend not epic sorry legendary uh, common uncommon and then exotic and then there's garments and stuff like that so the thing is that don the controversy that brought this kind of you know scam in front and totally going to call it scam because there is no other way to put it destiny is basically now a gambling scam list And the uh, thing is, in the dawning upgrade, they made like 59 items that were dawning specific, which were completely cosmetic. Thing and they made like the dawning engrams, which were available. They were weekly engrams. They were not uh, any sort of activity-based engrams. Like you complete a really hard activity, you get dawning engrams. No, it's a weekly engram. You can only get three engrams like that per week, three or four. I don't remember the correct number. But there, you had to play like five matches of like some dawning event-related match. It was like a PVP match, or you complete five heroic strikes, which is equally as hard and equally as time-consuming. But point is, you get three per week. That's it. And from those okay. three, you can only get a maximum number of what seven or nine dawning-related items, and there are fifty-nine items in total related right. to dawning. So the dawning event went for. uh two weeks so that means you can you could only at a max if you were really really lucky you could only get 14 items in those two weeks and hmm. for to if, if you're a collector and then the items disappear is it i i'm not really sure but i think they don't they don't okay i really no, I mean the I, the uh, those 59 items were exclusive to the dawning event yeah they the, these items are exclusive to the dawning event as in if the dawning event ends when it ends those items will not be available for the run thing is uh, so you get a max of 14 and 14 dawning items uh, in during the tenure of the event so what do you do about the rest of the what 45 items remaining yeah 59 yeah 45 items what do you do about the 45 course you have to buy bright engrams or like dawning engrams with your Uh, bright uh, dust or well normal cards. Yeah, bright. That's 
brightest. So yeah, that's where your uh, microtransaction garbage or shit uh, comes yeah, into I'm play. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stop you here because I need. Thank you for covering up because there's still more I need to say about the brightest thing. So mm-hmm. remember when the guy calculated the algorithm? He yeah, says yeah. that in a season. The best case scenario you can earn is 1040 bright dust and the worst case is somewhere around 38 which is a huge discrepancy all right so if you were to put that in a season and just calculate with that money a person could be spending around 155 dollars to 5000 dollars per season and there's like four seasons in a year so that's a huge gap obviously nobody's going to be in those extremes the people are going to be somewhere in middle But that is that is a crazy amount of money. That's clearly gambling. That yeah, it is. Yeah. And it says that to get everything, after all that everything in Destiny, you have to attend all these events around something of those, and 4.57 years to get all these items. I don't even know if the game is going to be that long. And um, it's not. It's not. Uh, here's the thing. Like before, I think the podcast started. Like no, not the podcast starting. Like uh, right in the front. Remember, we talked about Destiny. What I said, it's right. that when Destiny was released, since back then, Destiny was Destiny One uh, was still Destiny, right? Now right. that Destiny Two has released, it has become an IP series. So it's right. and uh, like both the games are collectively called Destiny. I think right. we gamers misinterpreted the entire thing. That when developers, when Bungie said that they had a ten-year program for Destiny, they were right. saying that they had a ten-year program for the Destiny IP, not Destiny One. Uh-huh. Because again, we are seeing a pattern here. Every time anyone says, "Hey, Mass Effect is going to be a very long game," like World of Warcraft is going to be a really long IP. Uh, fine, I understand, but there are DLCs. DLCs are fine as long as they're done well. Right. Destiny doesn't even do its. Destiny Two hasn't even done like. The Curse of Osiris saga has been really bad. Like yeah. I was, I mean, you bring out, you invite uh, voice actors like Monica Bellucci and all of them to make character to, to voice your characters, put effort into your narrative. The Dest- uh, Curse of Osiris narrative is kind of weak. Then. Uh, they uh, said. No, it's really hard to make content. Don't you understand? That's the devil decision <laughs> taken by the developers and not the publishers. It was a creative de- decision. See, see, not I would un- if I would understand the creative aspect of the decision. Here's the thing: <laughs> they released a a area called the Infinite Forest. Now, in an MMO RPG FPS style game, when someone says Infinite Forest. What goes through your head, like randomly? Uh, if you're thinking like a gamer, what goes through your head when you hear the word infinite and for uh, procedurally generated crap? Wow! Lazy. Like, okay, here's the thing. It this thought process struck every gamer's mind except the Bungie development team. Right. Infinite Forest is not a procedurally generated infinite. Gameplay tile system. It's not. Right. It's just okay. a. It's just an instance uh, tile system with no uh, progression and just like gathering uh, loot and everything. Okay. So, like that's that's the 
failure of Bungie. Like they failed to capitalize on their strong points. Bungie has created a lot of good games. Like we don't need to speak for them. Halo speaks yeah, for them. them. Yeah, Halo was yeah. a pretty good franchise. Halo speaks for Halo speaks for Bungie itself. People still And, hold out Bungie in good fame when they see the new Halo games. They're like, wished Bungie came back to Halo. And like I wish Bungie went back to Destiny One, the Taken King level of development. Uh, right. Like Destiny Two, despite everything, I enjoyed the mechanics because it is the only type of game available—not the only type, of, but the only type of game that has that kind of crisp uh, synergy between gameplay, like gunplay, and you know your abilities and all of that. Like your abilities. Oh, the gunplay is really solid, man. It's yeah, pretty the, damn good. The yeah. gameplay is solid. The world building is solid. The enemies, the factions, their motivations are solid. Fix your narrative. Fix your content. Fix your content drop. Like I remember it having a very powerful start when I first played it on uh, Gamer Connect on the Xbox PC. That really monster one with the mm-hmm. curve monitor. Yeah. Uh, the first twenty minutes, I was soaked in on Destiny Two. I was so impressed by whatever was happening. Yeah, and, and like yeah. And here's the thing: by the time Destiny Two ended, after the final boss fight, the little. You know, cut scenes that happen after a game ends and all of that. Right. What they teased regarding the ending of Destiny 2. I'm talking about the main campaign, not Curse of Osiris or the second uh, DLC that is going to come out. I don't even right. care about care anymore. So, like the main game, what it teased regarding the light and the darkness and the final cut scene. The sky mm-hmm. is the limit for Bungie. If they can capitalize on whatever they're Building with their world, they can do something that, like, it can reach. I'm like, I'm saying this on a very like, I'm throwing this very loosely, but they can achieve a pretty good narrative in the world, World of Warcraft scale, like invasions and all of that, otherworldly dimensions, all of it. It feels like they're their own enemies here. Yeah, like Bungie is shooting themselves in their with their damn good gameplay. Pretty much, like they have a they have a solid gunplay and they're using that to shoot them in the. <laughs> I know, right? What what frustrates me is all these are decisions by the developer and not the publisher. Yeah, that that's what when I read the article about that. Yeah, but but then again, then again, wouldn't be surprised if the publisher was involved and if the developers were being, you know, kind of not. I'm not gonna say threatening, but you know, kind of. Mollycoddled into saying, "Hey, we don't have a hand in this. It's all your decision." Because we have, I, I personally have seen this happen in regards to Battlefield 4. Now, before I go into this, it's going to be a bit long. No, no, no. We're not going to Battlefield 4. No, this is this is and this is very eerily similar to Battlefield 4. Okay. When Battlefield 4 released, it was a terrible game. Like I bought it day one. I started playing. I was one of the first. Players from India to play that. Game. Hey, hey, game. don't. I think we've heard the story before. Yeah, don't take the exactly. credit all yourself. Okay, even I was there. Yeah, yeah, again, so you can, so you can understand what we went through. People were crashing. Yeah, left it, right was, it wasn't well optimized. The netcode net was bad. The entire servers were crashing. The system was on a, on a, like you know, downwards uh, hill. Then. Right. It was pretty evident that EA shoved the game out of the door before Dice 
before Dice was ready, and I'm pretty sure Dice, the developer who created Battlefield 3 and BFPC and all of that, they won't let a game out of their door like that broken. And we saw the improvements when uh, Dice was handled full development of the DLCs and everything. Naval Strike was delayed. PTR was launched, like player uh, playtest, uh, community test servers were launched. All of it happened properly. It was done properly. And at the end of its whole development cycle, Battlefield 4 was a proper solid 9.5 out of 10 game. Yeah, because, because but it was rushed. It was rushed, and it's pretty evident who rushed it. It was EA. And again, we saw the same thing happen with Rainbow Six Siege. It's, it's a pattern. Publishers are pushing titles out of the door. Because they want because to compete. They want, because not even compete, they want to make a quick buck out of it. Like, they're not... They're they not want to sure. cash it on the trend before it is like... Cold. Yeah, before the hype before the hype dies. Like, it's their fault. They build up the hype, then they fail to live up to it. Then the developers say, hey, you build up the hype way too early. Tone it down. And they're like, we're like all hands in we can't go back release the game let's make a quick buck and let's make a run for the let's make a run for another game that's it that's i think that that has to change that part has to change in the gaming industry like the development industry not in the gaming industry as well we live in such an extreme era right between the west and the east where the west rush all the games and the japanese delay them for 10 years yeah Arthur Lobo says, like, uh, can, can they, they change the background score uh, of this game to just keep swimming sung by Dory? I know, right? Like, this game is all is just swimming and exploring. <laughs> can you change it to let the bodies hit the floor? Oh, you know we can't do that, my friend. <laughs> okay, so that says that much about Destiny 2. The second thing, I'm going to, we talk about Xbox One X, which came out recently and has been like touted uh, for its peak performance and brilliant, powerful engine framework. <coughs> and finally run PUBG at oh, consistent 30 FPS with its latest patch. Uh, okay. Uh, I said that with a straight face. I'm, I'm proud Play. of myself. Okay. Playing, uh, <laughs> playing, playing PUBG with her, playing PUBG on 30 FPS solid. That's not a meme. No, but it's stable. Know. It's stable in certain segments. It still has major drops when there's a lot of action going on. Uh, so One X still has it drops uh, to 20 FPS. But yeah, it's stable. It's stable. Digital Foundry says that PUBG has a lot of issues when it comes to this. I mean, yeah. Now you guys have to give me the privilege of just one joke when it comes to FPS. Oh. 30 FPS in 2K18. Are you serious, bruv? <laughs> Shut up, Rads. Last yesterday, you were streaming. People are still going for cinematic experience. Yeah, I mean, no, I like the cinematic experience, but. I'm going to point out something at Rads. Yesterday, he was streaming a game called Eden, and he was praising that because the person's eyes could move. (laughs) That's true, yeah. So it's like a joke on myself, too. I don't mind. I am still upset about the fact that people are still so focused at 30 FPS rather than, you know. Uh, lower down the graphics and at least achieve 60 FPS. It plays any day better. I know, right? True. I mean, in the end, performance has to be key. See, at at a point, at a point, you're going to you're going to have a saturation point when it comes to the graphics, right? It's only going to take you so far. Why rush yeah. that process? Get the performance out first. 
Yeah, and yes. uh, so I know a lot of people who are playing like who played uh, Legend of Zelda on the Switch and they're they're playing it again on PC at 60 FPS. They're having way more fun on PC because it's 60 FPS apparently. Yeah, but yes. speaking of statue, speaking of saturation, I wonder why the Battle Royale genre has instant saturation. It's getting kind of crowded. It's getting kind of annoying. No. It, it, it is getting. He's, he he brings a good point that other people are getting it or the cake. Yeah, I mean, no, see, see, we have seen this. We, like, I this is not a new thing. We have seen this during Dota. We have seen this during survival games. We have seen survival during, games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when MOBA was going, but everyone was trying to make a MOBA. Remember, we've seen this during World True. of Warcraft time when everyone was trying to create another World an of MMO. Warcraft. Yeah, and all media sites yeah, were calling yeah. that every new MMO, yeah. the WoW MMO, killer, even World though they War, weren't World of Warcraft killer. Yeah, even though they weren't. Yeah, oh, no that's always uh, more publicity. Every time somebody says it is better of this thing, it just adds more publicity to that product that they compare it to. True. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've always found that a hilarious thing to say. And so yeah, this is the current yeah. rush. I right, but a lot of yeah, exactly. I, no, but here's the thing: there are many like as Udit pointed out, there are many. you know genres of gaming that you know they stick to that fps they want to enter battle royale like call of duty actually has this i think somewhere in china call it's called in their call of duty online servers and the company did say that if this becomes successful they might push out for like a standalone call of duty battle royale game even csgo there are csgo and cs1.6 there are many modded servers that are just like pubg 100 people in and now paladins and even having like my uh, thing with this is let me let me just finish what i was saying with yes, that yes sorry sorry when it comes to all these things that you were saying that it is a normal process we should also remember that world of warcraft the mobas everything the ones who had like had the stronghold were very solid in that didn't have those like major issues that were plaguing them the way pubg has it so i will tell you something right if you go and check uh Twitch right now, right? Huh. You will see that PUBG and Fortnite are on basically the same level. If right. if PUBG even fails, I feel like Fortnite will just take over. And you know what's surprising about Fortnite? Fortnite is not even on Steam, right? Yeah, so, it's it's a completely different platform, like a you know DRM. Uh, and the bigger thing is, and the bigger thing is, uh, it's it hasn't gone free yet. Fortnite is supposed to go on free sometime during this year. I think first half of this year, right? Uh, right. By February or March, and it has a lot of content for people who do not know anything about Fortnite. I want to see what will happen once they go free. I feel like Fortnite might completely take over PUBG. In exactly, the... PUBG is not capitalizing the, on its whatever strengths that it has so far. I feel. Yeah, and, and currently you have very little progression system as well in PUBG. Arnab and I played Fortnite. Remember, Arnab, there was a very solid progression system in the game. It was okay. Very... Yeah, I I would completely agree that like when uh, we were uh, we bought Fortnite like that after the like the day after it came out, something like that, and we played a considerable amount of time. And again, we were streaming PUBG back at that time. Wait, this, this is, a... is yeah, but oh uh, guys, this is the Fortnite time... uh, the tower defense kind of like Fortnite, right? Yeah, the wave defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tower defense Fortnite and like dude like uh, that game is massive. That game has easily like fifty sixty hours of gameplay and it's actually fun. More, more. Fifty sixty is very low. I'm saying I'm saying like for the average gamer, right? For the average gamer, yeah. 
it easily has 56 i think you will need around 60 hours to end uh, come end game and experience most things when i was playing it right and i did not reach end game there in the beginning you will just have monsters coming at you eventually you will have hordes then uh, towards the end game you also have different elements and elemental weapon so it's actually very interesting and you get different traps you, you can build different things there's a lot of content that fortnite has uh, to offer the only barrier right now is the 40 dollar price tag which is supposed to go completely away uh this first half like probably by march yeah um, i mean no i actually enjoyed the fortnite wave defense like i even played it for a bit i think i mean i played it with you if i'm not mistaken on stream and i actually en- played one stream at nvidia yeah. yeah yeah we did play on stream and i actually enjoyed the wave defense it kind of reminded me of these old tower defense games that i used to play as a kid like even in the yeah, yeah, world so of warcraft rts very, very similar yeah and the thing is um whatever we experience is nothing like you need to go up at least 20 levels before you actually i'm just going to break this i'm just going to break this for a 10 minute like another 10 minute a 1 minute thing and just say i'm watching the abzu stream and it is just funny how we always pick a game that is so co- well color coded with a logo oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny how this happens Alright, <laughs> you guys can carry on. You guys can carry on. I was just, I just wanted to talk about the eye catcher. Yeah. Someone, someone said, uh, RuneScape was a better MMORPG than some of them. RuneScape was also one. RuneScape, RuneScape was pretty good, man. It What was good. Talking about? It was. I, I, it was one of the one of the more more stable uh, MMOs at that time. Yep. It still, it still it's still it's still going, right? It still maintains a pretty healthy player base. Also, guys, selling Arna yeah. 400k gold. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this happens and I I remember my first MMORPG was a game called Fiesta. It was a complete pay to win game. But mine yeah. was it was A3 India or Ragnarok. Oh, I A3 saw it was when A3 Dude. India was going on, I was playing a different game which was also a very cult hit in Guwahati. Like I remember uh I was one of the first few players to start playing the game and suddenly everyone in Guwahati was playing that game. It was a game called Ganzi. I dude I played guns. Oh guns I yeah played guns. I played guns either. Oh. I played guns. It was a good game. All of those dude. Yeah. Guns was pretty yeah. good but they never took it beyond a certain point. It got a bit grindy after a while. It did yes. The studio behind Ganzi I don't think they even expected the game to go so Yeah fast. they could have done so much more with that. It was so a lot more. The entire techniques and everything was based on glitches no. So they could Yeah. <laughs> figure out how it I remember you could just like sword by just hitting your sword to the wall and just Yeah those weird yeah. mechanical jumps and shit that was actually pretty yeah. hard. Yeah and you had to be very very skilled uh, skillful to uh, actually play the game. It yeah. was not easy. It was very hard. Right. It was very hard. That was the time where broadband was a rarity so <laughs> true yeah. <laughs> and eighth in India oh my god I I do this I keep hitting my head over wasting so much time into that game. It is horrible. I'm just like anybody who holds fond memories of that is just going looking through nostalgia glasses. A lot okay, of people okay. will get really defensive when they say uh, when you talk crap about A3 India, but that is a terrible fucking game. All right, I know it because I went level 130 on that game, which is really, really. It was a huge feat back then. All right, and I could say that it is a trashy game, and I'm bad to have spent so much time on it. Pretty serious. Pretty serious introspection happened. Yes. Something, something I want to talk about is the some other topic, which is. 
World Health Organization defining gaming disorder. Oh right, 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 right. Right, right. Oh yeah. Oh, I can see. So this is a pretty serious issue. So thanks for bringing our attention to that, Amit. Uh, if you guys hadn't been following the news lately, World Health Organization on their official page have noticed it that they have officially termed gaming as a disorder, and this is the description on their website. What is a gaming disorder? Gaming disorder is defined in draft 11th revision of International Classification of Diseases (ICD-11) as a pattern of gaming behavior, digital or video gaming. Characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other interests and daily activities. Keep reading everything, all right? And continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. For gaming disorder to be diagnosed, the behavior pattern must be of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal. family social educational occupational or other important areas of functioning and would normally have been evident for at least 12 months now it's not over yet there's still one more paragraph left what is international classification of diseases international classification of diseases is the basis for identification of health trends and statistics globally and the international standards for reporting diseases and health conditions Okay, it's used by for med- by medical practic- practitioners around the world to diagnose conditions and by researchers to categorize conditions. These guys have termed gaming disorder as a thing. What do you guys have to comment about this? Yeah, well, exactly. guys, I am a I have gaming addiction. I have gaming disorder. I have gaming disorder. Oh my god! It was okay, not my depression. It was not all this. I had gaming disorder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, honestly, uh, I'm just gonna be like you know, straight up. I I think all of us have had these. Asset Cast has, dude. We are we are actually a medical company. We are not a <laughs> medical company. We are who have gaming disorder. I'll just term that. Okay, yeah. I mean, I. Not not medical company. Asylum. Yeah, I've played. I've played Planetside two for fifty six hours straight in one sitting. That qualifies for a pretty severe game. So I just did a whole rant on A three India, which is a terrible game. It was a nice thing. Thanks, Aman, for doing this. Yeah. Like, yeah, one thousand seven hundred hours spent in Warframe that pretty much qualifies for a gaming disorder. Five hundred hours in Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh my god, you, that's just nuts. Okay. Oh, that's me. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> that is definitely a disorder. That is definitely a disorder. It's a five-hour fucking game. Twelve hours we played slowly, and there are three endings and mods. What do you What do you mean slowly? You take your time and play it. You want to read you and understand. No, what? No <laughs> hell, no. Games too pure so to be. Games too pure to be fab. By the time, by the time you the ending, you probably stop fabbing or you start fabbing seriously. No, I mean, I, I, I did. Let's not get into those. But like, I will tell you. For somebody says. Uh, I asked. I read on the comment that some gaming addiction is a disorder, but not gaming itself. But in that terms, even alcohol addiction—they're all classified under. You can so I will tell you something. Let, let me tell you. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you as someone who has studied uh, like uh, uh, psychology in eleventh and twelfth, and that makes me the primary 
person to speak about. <laughs> what a way to actually announce himself! Like, hey guys, I studied psychology, so I know more than you. I studied Sanskrit in eleventh and twelfth. I am an expert in Sanskrit. I studied. Amon is like, I am very woke. Listen to me. I am very woke. Yeah, very nice. You're eleventh and twelfth. Go, go forth. Really, that's what you have to go on. Go forth, woke Amon. Go for it. You've been summoned. Okay, the main thing is that the entire paper, if you've gone through it, if anyone has gone through it, seems to completely, completely be dismissive of anything uh, external, right? Uh, it terms gaming as the main problem rather than um, something else that leads towards gaming. I think that's a very wrong way to uh, see it because there are, if anyone has studied, has studied psychology, they will know that you have to take constants and you have to take constants, right? So right. Uh, if you're just generally terming, uh, generally going through a like mass number of people, and then saying, okay, if these people who play ten percent of these these people might have uh, gaming disorder, that's a very vague statement to make. Ten percent of any population can have anything, right? Another thing to say: what was their mindset? What was the background when they were taking? What was what were their beliefs? Like, what are the status when they were doing? Because Again, I read another uh, uh, paper, and I'm not sure about the validity of this, but it had more to do with the drug addiction. All so, right. so, one second, one second. Honey, sir, sort of said says the same thing. Like, if you binge on Netflix, you have Netflix disorder. I think this is a right. very uh, that's important. what it was. See, back then in the 80s, I remember I was going to uh, re- watching a documentary about 80s. People were criticizing the introduction of Sony Walkman. Because they they found people to be too obsessed with their own lives and they were disconnecting from the society and taking. Yeah, yeah, food. I know, I know. This this same right? same thing happened. Uh, this was the same wave uh, during TV, and I can take it even further. This was the wave when newspapers started coming in. People were saying. When the press people, started happening, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Press when press wave started happening, people were saying that. Uh, You know, uh, after press, no one wants to socialize. They just want to read the newspaper and have the most. It's, it's still happening. It's still happening till this day because, well, haven't we seen enough? It's just the medium I mean, that we don't we see enough people telling us, "Oh my God, you guys keep using smartphones. You guys are always stuck to your uh, smartphone screen." That's the exact comment that we were making. But I want to take it to more different thing. So this research paper was about drug addiction and. that not being a problem of the drug but it it takes more into the fact of the social uh, being of a person that people don't t- get addicted to these things because of the things in particular obviously the bad but it's relieving them of something that is a bigger problem their social exclusion whatever they're feeling right that we don't necessarily cause like if i am sure aman arnab Ratul, all of you have been in certain place that where you have been severely addicted to games to a point where it was not healthy. Yes, that is true. True. But it was also a reason. Oh, there was also a whole social drive behind what was happening. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. I think the biggest problem that uh, this entire fiasco. Uh, what I have to say is that it completely dismisses of uh, external factors like right. issues, home, depression. Uh, maybe uh, you know you don't have uh, friends who or you have bullies at school. I don't know. Right. It can be a lot of things that can uh, push someone to play video games all day, or even do similar activities where you know. And it's not even that harmful. It's not like somebody's taking drugs and ignoring it. Like I know, killing themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Unless there's yeah. gambling and microtransactions, in which case that's a different thing altogether. But yeah, and the worst thing you can have in a gaming disorder is understand that you will be lazy and you. 
I don't know. That's about it, right? Just right. at home. You can say the same thing about TVs. You can say the same but thing. But Oman, about... it causes people to commit suicide. Blue whale. Look at blue whale. <laughs> so yeah, that's I I compl- I call bullshit on the entire study, honestly. And ten percent is not a statistics. It's a very vague statement to make. I know, right? Again, this is it's scapegoating video games for. Haven't they been through enough already? First, they make you violent. Second, it's gambling. Third, it's a gaming disorder now. Uh, just I focus on the problem the gam- at hand. I will agree. Gambling with the is a very crazy thing. But again, yeah, yeah. gambling is a thing where the company it's, is exploiting the media. And, and the crazy part is, and the crazy part is, the mainstream media won't give a shit about the gambling thing. You know, right. like the actual problem, no one actually gives a shit about. So it's that pro- is actually pro- a problem that is happening, and companies are exploiting. Certain states are actually taking measures against it, but giving it the importance needs to be given. Yeah. Whereas uh, this is France, the thing we're concentrating on. I think I think France has an entire law uh, where yeah. you know they uh, you, you know, can't have transactions. Yeah. Something yeah, like even Hawaii, think, even the no, state no, of Hawaii no, is think, going think, into a certain. Yeah, I think China was uh, China recently passed a law that if they yeah, where you have to show exact statistics. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, you have to you have to show the drop so, rates of certain. So again, groups. yeah. Hawaii, the state of Hawaii, there's this really cool guy who's like who has a YouTube account and stuff, and they're looking into this matter in depth, and they're like trying to find out laws at what point it is considered gambling, because microtransactions in and itself is not gambling unless you know and are hundred percent confirmed that's what you're getting for, right? When you're buying cosmetics, you that's a hundred percent confirmation you're getting something. When you add loot boxes to the in- inclusion, that's where gambling sort of comes into this. I'm going off topic, but that's a thing. That's a huge problem that's there, which is being overshadowed. Then this, we have to understand that again. This is the thing that's what worries me. Is this article is the one that's going to be shared most among parents who have children. Oh, parents in India, right? Yeah, and yeah, they're, and they're going to ignore the problem that, like, their you know, bad parenting is a thing that, like, the abusive, the things that we're going on in every family household. That's the thing, and they're going to say this video game. This is why you're being you're turning into asshole. This truth, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when the that's movie, so wrong. I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, think I, I think in turn, I think in turn, this entire thing will feed into uh, the entire process like over and over again. Like, uh, listen, I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. I can guarantee you anything. In the next ten days, everyone will get a message from their parents with the in WhatsApp with the link of the article. Oh, I'm I'm gonna get it tomorrow for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, even I thought my parents are completely disconnected with the gaming world uh, and technological world. I got a message about the blue whale thing after one month uh, it happened, right? And I'm like, it's not a video game. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah same no, thing. So you got a message. You got a message. My dad was watching the TV, and this was like a heated discussion on uh, one of the news channels and everything. So, like, I was obviously on my PC uh, playing games and everything. He like you know draws my attention. He shows me like, is this the kind of game you are playing? And I'm like, Blue Whale is not a game. It's a game, like it's co- it's being called a game, but it's not a video game. The social media not- horror thingy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like. First of all, most people don't even understand what video games or gaming is. Like it's a broad term. How do you define PC gaming and all of that? Like, again. True, yeah. Same point. We have experienced it differently everywhere. Someone through messaging, someone like prop, like in real life, in person, and all of that. Again, same experiences. 
Right. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So I want to move on to the next topic, which is wait, Nintendo wait, becoming wait, like. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. The next... Nintendo yeah. becoming the next big like thing, like fastest selling console in US, where you know PS4 was basically dominating till now. Okay. And... Before, before, before you go into that, Gopi is asking, who has played Ragnarok? As in, I played Ragnarok. I played Ragnarok till I was level fifty. I was. I remember just the previous stream when I was talking to Rats about Ragnarok. Yeah. It was a fun game that had its appeal with those cutesy anime aesthetics that like it was a chill game and was really really groundbreaking for the time when I played it but looking back again it uh, I, I feel guilty for having played that game So back then it was actually groundbreaking because yeah. they all, there wasn't uh, anything else from, See they all adapted mechanics from uh, World of Warcraft which they all had did. Yeah so uh, it was it, come on like we and didn't, we didn't have enough money for enough. World of Warcraft True. Yeah, that. Yeah, but that, that idea of meeting people like uh, meeting people from across the world or country, right, in a video game and then going raiding like forty man raiding, that was awesome in itself. Yeah. Oh, never forget Naxxramas forty mans. <laughs> Those were fun. So, right. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, oh, wait. Getting to the That's... Nintendo thing. Nintendo is breaking. Everybody had different expectations. I don't know what I, expectations I had. I personally was very excited, but. Like it or not, it is the fastest-selling U.S. home console. It has sold a total of 4.8 million units in the U.S. during the 10 months following the Switch's launch on 3rd March. Not only that, in Japan, it has it has outsold Nintendo Wii's lifetime sales. Right? By the way, compared to PS4, like what was the PS4 score in 10 days? The 10 uh, months. 10 months. I will have to say. Uh, I'll have to find out. PS4 2 sold really well, but the only problem was it did not have a lot of games in its initial launch. I'll have to check this out. Checking, checking, checking. What is Xbox sales though? Xbox sales, I remember in India when I did an article, like uh, I think around. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, there is another article that says in nine months availability, PS4 uh, Nintendo Switch sold as fast as PS4. Continue. I'll just I'll just begin. Continue talking. I'll just begin the information that you were asking. So Gopi is asking, are you guys in Discord or TeamSpeak? We are in Discord, guys. You can join our server, talk to us there when we are not streaming. Yeah, but yeah, Nintendo selling out and becoming one of the fastest selling consoles in US is selling out is not the word I would use. Yeah, they even sold out, right? Several times in US, as far as I know. Okay, uh, uh, you, the way you said selling out just meant something. <laughs> Sellouts. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. But like, uh, then expect uh, like, how should I say this? Performing so well in a place like US wasn't expected. Everyone thought they would be uh, like Japan's thing console, and you know everything would be next. They would be as big as we. But it's obviously better than that. Like, whatever the. I think the thing that helps is there's nothing quite like it. It's a hybrid console. Yeah, and the big thing is there is no portable consoles right now, right? Uh, right. PS Vita was the last one, and we saw uh, Sony do, and even then, yeah, we did not see them paying much attention towards it. So it's very interesting. Will this make a uh, return for home, like mobile consoles? Who knows? But very, yeah, very it's also very interesting because uh, that's the thing. Again, it speaks. It's not the most. It's nowhere close to the most powerful console there is, right? Yeah. There's, Even in terms of gaming, there's the PC, then there's probably the Xbox One X, which can run PUBG on 30 FPS. 
then comes the PS4, and at the bottom of the barrel is Nintendo Switch. By all accounts, it should not be the fastest selling console, which just goes to show that people at the end of the day care more about the games. And Nintendo has had a crazy lineup of video games in the last year. They have yeah, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Mario yeah, and, uh, Odyssey. I think, I think uh, Nintendo, as far as you guys have told me, is coming to India in some form or form. So I'm not sure. Uh, somebody said that on the Discord chat that in the IGS or something, Nintendo is having plans to come on. It's almost nuts why they haven't come to India right now, especially Pokemon after how big it became in India. Uh, uh, like yeah. I can understand like Nintendo's perspective because um, Nintendo isn't a large company. Like, Wait, Aman, you suddenly went. Yeah, you suddenly went muffle mode. Yeah, okay, it's hello. like you hear me? yeah, kind of coincidental when Ray joined the chat. Welcome, by the way. Interesting. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, uh, Nintendo. Uh, I think I can understand because they're not that big of a company, and mm-hmm. India is not that matured of a gaming market as of yet. Like whatever, uh, compared to how big the country is, we don't really sell all that much, right? So I'm talking about ratios. Whereas right. if you go to um, US, I'm pretty sure like seven out of ten people will probably play video games right now in some right. manner or form, right? Right. Whereas in India, it will be something around four or five out of ten, and then also most of them will be mobile gamers only, right? If you're going to find serious gamers, it's something around one out of fifty people, one out of forty people, right? So it's a very low number. I can understand why not a lot of, uh, like Nintendo or uh, why many of the publishers haven't taken much interest. But I can definitely say this: publishers this year will take a lot of interest. I um, so Ratul knows this because we work in Nvidia in some manner. Hey hey so, hey! Yes, I do. I mean freelance, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Whatever. So we know for a fact that different publishers like War Gaming, um, Ubisoft, uh, what else? Ba- uh, Blizzard. Yeah, Blizzard games. Yeah. Like even, they, uh, they are taking interest. Even, yeah, yeah. Even uh, publishers like Bluehole, uh, creators of PUBG. Mm. Yeah, are that, they call PUBG interest. Corporation right now, I think. Whatever. So and even uh, Riot is setting up an entire um, headquarters in India. This Udit will know better, right? Because uh, I so. I don't know anything about Riot setting up anything in India. They have different people. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah. Okay. I, so. Um, this year, if last year was the year of you know hardware brands completely taking up, a, uh, no, this year is the first year when India will see a lot of activity from publisher side, right? Um, last yeah. year was, last year we saw some activity but not in that scale. But this year I think by second half we will see at least two three publishers performing one medium to large event. Uh, somewhere something uh, something uh, really uh, a storm is coming like the said a storm is coming yeah, yeah. In India. by 2020 i predict india to have a very interesting um, like the gaming industry will definitely be a lot bigger by 2020 itself like esports is growing different parts uh, hardware companies are uh, doing events like gaming it's, it's booming finish abzu yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah. you guys were go- talking about so long that the game is over <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay. I mean, I can always, you know, look at the amazing beauty that's there and collect some collectibles oh, yeah. here and there. Okay. I think <laughs> we can continue, continue what you were saying. After this uh, topic, but yeah, 
No, I we think... have a lot more to cover. Yeah. No one gives a shit about Intel. Hey, shut up. <laughs> Fine. But we, yeah. we have quite a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah. Because Intel doesn't even do anything in India. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, but we have things to cover. Just continue. So yeah, um, by 2020, like this year itself, I think we will see a lot of uh, rise in gaming. Especially something big that is happening is you know the Ucipher thing for MTV. Oh yeah, the I think it's starting this month, 19th of Jan. Yeah, 19th or 20th of Jan, and that will be the initial, uh, you know, spark to the entire fire. Uh, so yeah, I'm, it's going to be a very very interesting year for gaming in India, from publisher side especially. Yeah. Okay. Fine then. I will go. Uh, fine. Do you want me to skip all the topics about Intel and everything? Yes. Because we. Okay. We shall end this on one thing. When I said I was excited about games and three list, I lied. My most exciting game for 2018 happens to be about dancing. See, we guys have seen that. Guys, we were bamboozled. What the hell? Now we know what that caption actually means. <laughs> If you guys have played, uh, known, I am addicted to the Persona franchise. It is about. It has a really, really dark theme behind it. It's all about social oppression and it deals with a lot of themes like suicide, corporate like malfunctions, a lot of power abuse, everything. They have a very very fun spin-off thing that is called that has Someone not actually much asked fun. about the Colonel's law by the way. Sunny. Interesting. Uh right. we did want to talk about it but like most of us don't understand it to be very honest. Also and from what we have Yeah, also we finished the game <laughs> pretty much. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had like 40 what? minutes of content that we had to talk but the game finished on it. So we are just going to end up on yeah. some dancing games. You guys you guys have seen the Persona great spin-off. What do you guys think of it? Yeah, I saw the trailer. Holy damn, dude! Like now, I want to play that game. Like it, it like you did I, mention that it is a JRPG, and they've added like a dancing element to this fifth game. And I'm like, okay, that's actually pretty nice. And I think we also had that discussion. What would, how would certain game franchises be if they added a spin-off for dancing? Right. Amon wanted a Witcher three dancing game. Hey, I would definitely buy that. I wanted a Dark Souls dancing game. I would definitely buy that too. Oh my god. Is there It's everything just you won't buy. I buy them all. I mean, it think about it. This is how you break it into Indian gaming. You no, mix man. what like, India see, You if, have a if, dance if, number. You introduce was, dance numbers see, into games. I tell you something. If this was a fact then uh Ubisoft's dance thing game would have shown Dude, like, I am kidding. Dude, I'm being ironic right now. Okay. Game has ended. We're just fucking shit posting right now. <laughs> Fine. But Person of Five Dancing is all the answers we needed to everything. This was what we wanted. This is what this is, Atlas this will, wanted this will, when they thought this about will it. Achieve, this this game will uh, like finally help us contain world peace. Right. See, Persona Three. Spoiler alerts. The main character sacrifices himself for the greater good as Jesus Christ figures so the world can live on again. They remade Persona Three and they made a dancing spin-off. They brought back the main character. Why? So that he can dance. This is it. With that being said. Guys, check out Persona 5 Dancing All Night Game of the Year 2018 from Asset Cars confirmed. I mean, not ev- not said, everybody. I mean, yeah. we still have to play the game. Just you. Just you. It's done. It's perfect. There is nothing that can beat it. I don't think even Chrono Trigger can come close. Done. It's done. Locked. <gasps> he actually said he actually said it's going to be better than Chrono Trigger. What? <laughs> Um, you guys do know I'm being ironic about it, right? I don't, I don't. We can't say, it. bro. You, you seem so cheery and happy when you say that. 
Okay, I'm done. I'm using the podcast because you guys are going to like shit talking like another. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're done. We're done. The podcast is done. Well, do catch us again next week. We have a lot of content planned for this week as well. So keep you stay in tune. Is that the right word? I don't even know. Stay tuned, guys. You know, subscribe. Do click the notification button. We're coming back with a lot more stuff. Note down this little word called twenty XX. You'll be hearing a lot more of it later. On. Oh yes, All that right? game. I've, I've Have got a to... good 2018. Thank you so much for tuning in. What was that? See ya. All right, see you guys. Peace. Yeah, boy.